Today, Rinpoche began the section on the perfection of wisdom and showed us how wisdom is like the eye that allows us to see all of the things that are mistaken, allows us to uproot our ignorance that grasps at things as being truly established, which is the source of our cyclic existence. Santangi parshin la lapa la ma Okay, so um, so once again, we're on page uh, 209 in the English, and we've reached the uh, chapter 14, The Perfections of Meditative Stabilization and Wisdom. Uh, so when we look at the divisions of Buddhism, or if we were to somehow summarize Buddhism, we would do so by way of the teachings for beings of three capacities. Uh, first of all, the teachings for beings of small capacity or teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity or those teachings that lead to the higher realms of cyclic existence, gods, demigods, and humans, and one engages in the practice of the ethics which abandons uh, the ten non-virtuous activities, as well as engaging in refuge uh, in the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Uh, the second uh, division of practice would be the teaching shared in common with beings of medium capacity or middling capacity. And those are for pe beings who wish to achieve an, their own nirvana, their own liberation. And those are teachings, uh, those teachings um, include the practices of the three highest higher trainings. The highest higher training in ethics, concentration, and wisdom. And then finally, the, the, the final division is the teachings for beings of great capacity. And those are for beings who wish, those teachings are for beings who wish to achieve complete Buddhahood. Um, and Buddhahood is achieved by practicing the mind that aspires to enlightenment and uniting that with the six perfections. Digsung Ramche. Okay,カリカリ。カリカリ。ガニスネテリンエデツドニョイレカリカリラジュエンネンニェヤポラコサンセジトラネジュバルシンバランバトジュパルシンバギンテサンジコモトビジュインベジュジュワパシンジェタンデビパルシンバトサンジギトジュジ
the Tamanga Ngapa Okay, two chena. So when we divide um, the perfection, um, or we divide perfection, we can divide it into uh, causal perfection and resultant perfection. There's something weird going on here. Uh, so causal perfection um, are all of those practices uh, which cause the result of perfection. Uh, so when we look at the various um, pathways, uh, when we uh, divide the, um, the paths by five, we have the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, uh, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. So those first four pathways um, are considered the causal perfection. Uh, because, why are they causal perfection? They are because they cause perfection to occur. So therefore, they are considered causal perfections. Um, and then resultant perfections, um, and, and specifically the perfections when, that are being practiced on those pathways. So um, just to make sure I'm saying this clearly, I'm not saying those, the, the paths uh, of accumulation preparation are being named causal. I'm saying that perfections being practiced on those pathways are causal perfections. Um, so just to clarify what, what I mean there. Um, so they are causal paths also, but when we're speaking here, we're speaking of causal perfection and resultant perfection. So it's those perfections practiced on those first four pathways, path of accumulation, path of preparation, path of seeing, and path of meditation, which are causal perfections. And the resultant perfection are, is the perfection that the Buddha has, and that occurs at the path of no more learning. Uh, so the first four are causal, the final fifth is resultant. Digsong Rimche. Okay. Um, I just have to figure out how to, uh, I know what it means. Um, so, when we look at the word perfection, so if it is perfection, it is necessarily resultant perfection. Um, causal perfection, um, pathways, and so forth, those are just nominally designated as perfections. Um, they aren't actual perfections because uh, if we look at uh, the perfection of wisdom, for instance, um, we divide it by, if we say by two, causal um, perfection of wisdom and resultant perfection of wisdom. It really is only the resultant perfection of wisdom that's perfection. Um, so when we say um, the perfections, we ultimately must be referring to uh, those resultant perfections. The causal perfections are just named as perfection, 
but they aren't perfection because they haven't been perfected yet. Um, so they're just named as such, um, but uh, the perfection itself is necessarily a resultant perfection. The perfection of wisdom um, is a necessarily a resultant perfection. There aren't these two perfections occurring. There's just one perfection. That's what is perfect, and that is a perfect wisdom, and a perfect wisdom is necessarily a resultant perfect wisdom, a resultant perfection. And any perfection is necessarily resultant perfection. For it to be really a perfection and not just named like that. Um, so, I don't know if I can do this exactly correct. It's, it's something that the um, Heart Sutra itself is considered a perfection sutra because it is spoken, it is perfect words spoken by a perfect being, something to that effect. The perfection, the Heart Sutra is. Um, uh, a perfection sutra because it is perfect words spoken from a perfect being. Um, we could check that on the tape later when you know there's someone more qualified than I. T but that that's a um, um, Rimche gave a quote from the Parshian teachings and just said to just try to explain it as best I could. Tuche. <laughs> So when we okay, I see. Um, so why do we say that the first four pathways? Um, I'm saying it backwards, but it means the same. The first four pathways are causal um, perfections because uh, they, the practices of the perfections on those pathways uh, cause the resultant perfection to occur. Um, so, therefore, they are called causal perfections. So, the perfections that are um, practiced on those pathways become causes for the actual resultant perfection. Okay, dig song, Rinpoche. So, among the six perfections, we've arrived at the fifth um, uh, concentration. 
What, uh, so page two, uh, I have to read on this. So uh, now, how to train in the perfection of meditative stabilization. The explanation of how to train in the perfection of meditative stabilization has five parts. What meditative stabilization is, how to begin the cultivation of meditative stabilization, the divisions of meditative stabilization, how to practice, and then in summary. Uh, first, 
a what meditative stabilization is. Meditative stabilization is a virtuous, one-pointed state of mind that stays fixed, fixed on its object of meditation without distraction to other things. The Bodhisattva level says, it is the one-pointed state of mind stabilized on virtue and either mundane or super-mundane of bodhisattvas who have first studied and reflected on the bodhisattva scriptural collections, whether it is oriented toward meditative serenity, toward insight, or toward both as the path that conjoins them, understand this one-pointed state of mind is the bodhisattva's meditative stabilization. And engaging in the bodhisattva deeds also says, having thus generated joyous perseverance, set your mind in meditative concentration. Uh, so... All right, so they're using meditative stabilization for concentration, I believe. They're synonymous in, this, in their case here. Um, so um, w when we look at this word stabilization um, uh, or um, to be stable um, or to concentrate, it's setting one's mind in a, um, uh, a, a stable way that is not movable. Uh, from one thing to another, so it's 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 setting the mind in in a very structured, stable way, so that there isn't any distraction um, from outside objects. Um, so it's a stabilizing of the mind, and and that's why um, it's being translated as meditative stabilization, because it's it's literally when Rinpoche explained it, it's a stabilization of the, of the mind, making the mind stable, so that it can focus on one virtuous thing. Um, so, um, here, um, the Bodhisattva level says, it is the one-pointed state of mind, stabilized on virtue, and either mundane or super-mundane. So, it's saying here um, that the, um, the concentrations, or meditative stabilization, I've just got to get used to that word, meditative stabilization um, can be mundane or super-mundane. Uh, mundane um, can also be translated as worldly, um, and super-mundane is out-of-worldly or other-worldly. Uh, so um, the word that is used here can be translated in both ways. Uh, so if it is mundane, um, and it is a concentration that is mundane. It means that it falls under the category of a concentration that is taking place on the path of preparation or below. So in terms of the five paths, so, um, so from the path of prep preparation and below that, any of those meditative stabilizations are necessarily mundane or worldly uh, meditative stabilizations. Any meditative stabilizations that take place from the path of seeing and beyond uh, become super mun mundane meditative stabilizations. They become superior, aria, aria uh, meditative stabilizations. Uh, so here this is the differentiation being made between, between mundane and super mundane. Uh, mundane meaning ordinary being ordinary being is one who has not reached the path of seeing yet, a being who is from the path of preparation or on the path of preparation or below, um, and then a superior is one who has uh, transcended the mundane, and that means that he or she has seen emptiness directly, so that is an, a superior being who is either on the path of seeing or above. 
Um, so um, even uh, all the way up to the Buddha, um, the Buddha's meditative stabilization uh, would be a super mundane meditative stabilization. So anything that occurs from the path of seeing and up. Uh, the Jikten Dan Jikten, like the, the Dunda Lapsung, didn't they? I don't know what this one is. Jilhala maybe, Lhala maybe, Nandaga maybe, Dingenzi, Dem Jonsuna. And the Dingenzi did the same on Judas. Dingenzi did the same on Judas. Tanaka's on the Shadow Kondutan. The move on, sell on you the world. Dingenzi Dem Jonsuna. Want you, Senna Rimache, go get me. Want you? Sell on Judas. On. On? Is it in Beche? Sunday sell on you, Jabu, the Jana, you may read on Bushi. So Rinpoche um, was using a word um, and he then net quoted um, the Lamrim Dudin, the abbreviated stages of the path to explain it. So I'm just going to read it and then I'm sure I'll find it. So he said to read this quote. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. So this is on the section um, under uh, meditative concentration. Um, meditative concentration is the king-wielding power over the mind. If you fix it, okay, fixing, that's the word. Fix it on one point, it remains there immovable like um, ma a mighty Mount Meru. If you project it, it can permeate any virtuous object. Uh, it leads to the great exhilarating bliss of having your body and mind be applicable to any virtuous task. Knowing this, the yogis of mental control have devoted themselves continuously to single-minded concentration, which overcomes the enemies of mental wandering and dullness. I, the yogi, have practiced just that. If you would also seek liberation, please cultivate yourself in the same way. So now we currently fix, fixate, um, we could use that word also, or fix our mind on attachment and aversion and ignorance. So here, uh, this is um, fixing the mind on an object that is virtuous. Um, so it's tr um, transforming something that we already do into something useful. Um, so, okay, the Lamrin Dudin Lo Son, then the Tsik Nge Sheng Yu, the Wan Shu, the Ne? ワンチュ。だ、だね。だ、ちょうどロ。で、で、タンダで、ルムチェで、デッステツ、ヤンジェラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。ラ。
um, and then making it immovable. Um, so here it says, meditative concentration is the king-wielding power over the mind. If you fix it on one point, it remains there immovable like a, mi- a mighty Mount Meru. If you project it, it can permeate any virtuous object at will. It leads to the great exhilarating bliss of having your body and mind be applicable to any virtuous task. So here it's also saying that um, when we achieve this meditative stabilization, it, it creates this um, um, pliancy um, of the mind and of the body and also a state of happiness uh, or bliss um, of the mind and the body. Uh, so um, these are points that are made in the Lamrim Dudan. And then we look at the Bodhisattva levels where it says it is the one-pointed state of mind stabilized on virtue, either mundane or super-mundane of Bodhisattvas who have first studied and reflected on the Bodhisattva scriptural collections, whether it is oriented toward meditative serenity, toward insight, or toward both as the path that conjoins them. Understand that this one-pointed state of mind is the Bodhisattva's meditative stabilization. Engaging in the Bodhisattva deeds also says... Having thus generated joyous perseverance, set your mind in meditative concentration. Okay. I know So what happens um, is that um, I I know where this is now. Um, when one achieves this um, uh, meditative stabilization, a mental and physical pliancy takes place, uh, and it takes place because there's a new wind. Uh, that is entering into uh, uh, your body. Um, so this new wind creates a bliss, and then this bliss is of the um, uh, of the mind and the body. This bliss that occurs. Okay, that's Gurum Cheng. Neither the Santen Guragian. Oh, I know where it is. It's not there. It's in this. Okay, a stabilization arisen, okay, so when we define calm abiding, um, so calm abiding is a single-pointed concentration, um, so, um, and the Rinpoche, the ne, the shine, ting and zi, sam ten, dun chik? So we can say that all of these words are one meaning or synonymous uh, meaning. 
So if it is single pointed concentration, it is not necessarily um, calm abiding. The shine in samten chop. Shine in Then a samten yina. Samten yina. Okay, Tuchay. Uh, so we were looking at what pervades what. Um, so uh, when we look at all these different words, um, and the problem is, is some translators use the words we're going to use for the other words. So um, we're going to get just be very specific right now for a second. Uh, so that if it is meditative stabilization that we're talking about, the fifth perfection, if it is that, then it is necessarily single-pointed concentration, and it is necessarily calm abiding. If it is calm abiding, it is necessarily meditative stabilization. If it is single-pointed concentration, it is not necessarily calm abiding. So we have one that doesn't pervade in there. So single-pointed concentration doesn't always mean Calm abiding. Then the tingenze yimba shine mayimba show show. Tingenze ina shine mayimba show. Ngasu jule tena shine matu kanga jule tingenze yoro. So he's saying that uh, there are being beings like uh, that uh, um, like ourselves. Uh, that do not have calm abiding have single pointed concentration on certain things. Like we can, we can sing, have single pointed. I guess that yeah, where you're not thinking or distracted, you're focused on one thing, but not have calm abiding. Uh, so your mind cannot be distracted to out. Uh, I'm thinking it through right now as as I'm translating it. So um, so that's why. So that's an example. An or, a being who hasn't achieved calm abiding or who hasn't achieved meditative stabilization, who has single-pointed concentration, is an example of a single-pointed concentration that is not a calm abiding. So the way it would sound is um, you would have uh, three musum. You would have three permutations. If it's a single-pointed concentration, it's not necessarily a calm abiding. Show a uh, uh, single-pointed concentration in a being who ha um, continuum who hasn't achieved calm abiding. If it's a calm abiding, it's a single-pointed concentration necessarily because it's it is uh, something which is both uh, um, the calm abiding uh, the. the Focus on um, a Buddha that someone who has calm abiding has while in single-pointed concentration. Uh, so that would be both single-pointed concentration and calm abiding, and something which is neither would be a rabbit with horns. Uh, so na the musum kandre lapsum. Then 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 it's any. So the de the definition again is of calm abiding is a stabilization arisen from meditation and conjoined with special pliancy. Um, and then etymologically we look at sh uh, the shine, uh, calm abiding. Um, the ne means to abide, the mind staying. Uh, and the shi means calm. So shin ne, calm abiding. Ne the shi dondagare, ne dondagare. The Jeffrey Hopkins in yeah. trouble. <laughs> Ropa. Yeah. I was saying Jeffrey Hopkins is our friend. Meet like in joke. 
friend also. He's Rimache's friend. I've met him, but it's not, wouldn't say, he wouldn't say he's my friend, I wouldn't think. I'd like him to be my friend, if you're listening. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, page Shunjule. Oh my god, so then, and uh, engaging in the Bodhisattva deeds also says, uh, having thus generated bo- joyous perseverance, set your mind in meditative concentration. So, Without having this joyous perseverance, it's not possible um, to generate the uh, meditative concentration. Um, so here it's, it's saying that in order to um, uh, get to, to generate the collections that are necessary in order to achieve this next step of meditative concentration, uh, it's necessary to have joyous perseverance. The Rimbachek, Garshene did Zundru go. The Garshene Samten Zundru Yungu. Garshene. Zundru Majina or the Laguna Kajena Kali Majana Yumaroda. Kali Jeff's knowledge of Zundru Lodomarbe. So I said to Rimbachek, why? What's the reason you need to have this? And he said that. Um, it, when you take, for instance, uh, Rimache mentioned before, a focal object, uh, for instance, a deity, um, it, to engage that focal object as much as it is necessary to engage it in order to achieve uh, meditative stabilization requires one to have this joyous perseverance because you would just give up. You wouldn't want to do it any longer. Um, Rimache said that it requires a, an enormous commitment, an enormous amount of effort uh, in order to achieve this concentration. And with, without the effort, the concentration can't be achieved. So that's why it relies on it. Um, and you would, if you're not joyously persevering, you wouldn't want to do it uh, over and over and over and over and over and over again. Deekson Rinpoche. What 
Okay. Okay, so now number two or B, how to begin the cultivation of meditative stabilization. Think over the benefits of cultivating meditative stabilization and the faults of not cultivating it. I will explain this in the meditative section, uh, serenity section. Uh, so later on in the text, um, when we get to that, it will be explained. So number three, the divisions of meditative stabilization. Uh, in the align with the above citation from the Bodhisattva levels, if you subdivide meditative stabilization according to nature, there are two kinds, mundane and supermundane. So again, uh, that is referring to any meditative stabilizations that occur uh, from the Pat, uh, on the path of preparation or below are necessarily uh, mundane um, meditative stabilizations or worldly meditative stabilizations. Why are they mundane or worldly meditative stabilizations? They are because they are meditative stabilizations occurring in the continuum of an ordinary being. Uh, and then the next are supermundane. Supermundane meditative stabilizations are those which occur on the path of seeing or above. So those are superior. Those are superiors that are um, having these meditative stabilizations, or arias having the meditative stabilizations. Uh, so why are they called supermundane meditative stabilizations? They are called that because they occur within the continuums of superior, not ordinary beings. Uh, so uh, that's how you divide by two, um, those who are superiors and not superiors. Um, and why are they mundane? Because they occur in ordinary beings. Why are they super mundane? Because they don't occur in ordinary beings, only in superior beings. Deek Sung Rinpoche. Sujugune, <laughs> Le 
The divisions of meditative stabilization in this uh, line with the above citation from the Bodhisattva levels, if you subdivide meditative stabilization according to nature, there are two kinds, mundane and supermundane. If you do so according to orientation, there are three kinds. And then Rinpoche uh, explained this, oriented toward serenity, toward insight, and uh, toward both conjoined. If you subdivide it according to function, there are three types. Meditative stabilization that stabilizes the body and mind in bliss within the present life. Meditative stabilization that achieves good qualities. And meditative stabilization that carries out the welfare of living beings. Uh, the first... The Rimache, Semchengi Dun JP Samten the Juchi? Okay, okay, Tuche Nge Jason. So uh, when we look at this uh, um, third, um, the meditative stabilization that carries out the welfare of living beings, we went over. Um, the 11 ways to carry out the welfare of living beings, something to that effect, um, uh, the 11 kinds um, 
or 11 ways. Um, we find it in Liberation in the Palm of Your Hand by Pabunka Rinpoche. Uh, so in a previous class on a tape, we have those 11 listed. I forget the exact title, um, but it's related to um, carrying out the welfare of living beings. Um, so the first meditative stabilization that stabilizes the body and mind in bliss within the present life is all meditative stabilizations that generate mental and physical pliancy when you enter them with equipose. Uh, so um, this is the first, so going up to the, you know, it says there are three. If you sub, uh, um, if we're divided according to function, um, so this is the first uh, if we're dividing it according to function. Um, so the function, um, the meditative stabilization, and that stabilizes the body and mind in bliss within the present life, uh, and that connects to the first meditative stabilization that stabilizes the body and mind in bliss within the present life is all meditative stabilizations that generate mental and physical pliancy when you enter them with equipose. Then the second... Um, ニバルでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドルさんでもバドル
Then Rangel Yomari, Nyantu Kuna, Nyantu Dan Rangel, the Yunten Chiba, Ale, Ale, Tuchin Arimache. So the second uh, is meditative stabilization that achieves good qualities, is all meditative stabilizations which accomplish good qualities shared with Shravakas, the super knowledges, liberations, totalities, masteries, etc. Um, so those meditative stabilizations uh, that are shared um, with the, uh, the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity and the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. Because the Shravaka's teachings, or uh, hearers, translated into English, fall categorically on the t- under the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. Uh, so that in that the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity are also included because the medium capacity relies on the small capacity. So those are also included. So all of those um, um, excellent qualities that are accomplished um, that are shared with the hearers, so those excellent qualities that have occurred from the small and medium scope um, and up, uh, are so now rereading it. The second meditative stabilization that achieves good qualities is all meditative stabilization, which accomplish good qualities shared with shravakas. So the reason it says shared is that the bodhisattvas share many insights with the the hearers, because when we look at um, the, that word in common, um, that's why we say that uh, this in common with beings of small, in common with beings of medium. So here's the case where it says those excellent qualities that are in common with the um, medium, specifically hearer, are, uh, um, um, are the category that we're talking about that have been achieved by a meditative stabilization. Um, so that's that second level of meditative stabilization. Dig Sung Rinpoche. That's Mumba. Mumba is a Sijinji. Tensha or Jujig, Dana, Drupi, Santin, Osa. Mumba to what the Sijinji, Tensha is Santin, Drawa. No Sijinji, Tensha or Jujig, Dana, Lajan, or Chinsare. Mumba, Tensha or Jujig. ドゥナドゥビサンテンドゥバテシンジェンドゥイジサンテンスサンテンノチェドショワンシンジェンドゥナカネシエグレスナチェドショワンテンエンズグワチェドショワンシンジェンドゥナタンバトゥネンタンタ
Okay, so the third meditative stabilization that carries out the welfare of living beings is meditative stabilization that accomplishes the 11 activities for others' welfare. So there, there it is, the 11 activities for others' welfare. Again, we find that in Pabunka Rinpoche's Liberation in the Palm of Your Hand and also on the cassette listed but it was taken from that teaching. Um, now, number four, how to practice. Whenever you practice any meditative stabilization, you do so in association with the six supremacies and all six perfections. The generosity of meditative stabilization is maintaining meditative stabilization yourself and then establishing others in it. Understand the other perfections from er the earlier explanation. So you do so in union, you do this um, meditative stabilization practice in union with the other perfections as well. So you would have the uh, ethics of meditative stabilization. So first you have the generosity of meditative stabilization, then you have the ethics of meditative, meditative stabilization, the patience of meditative stabilization, and the joyous perseverance of meditative stabilization, and then the meditative stabilization of meditative stabilization, and the meditative stabilization of uh, the perfection of wisdom. So then we have these six perfections um, uh, or in supremacies, being, meaning the, um, the supreme, uh, the, the actual perfected state uh, of these uh, six um, unite. Um, so anyway, you find this union of meditative stabilization in all six perfections, not just the fifth. Dig Song Rimche. And Gumbala Kuji Yimbe Tetembara Pit Embara Pine Santa Comana John. Maybe you do, Shane Jumatan Santa Mumber Santa Zuber 
Okay, um, so number six is Dundua, a summary. The recollection and cultivation of the spirit of enlightenment, the basis of the Bodhisattva deeds. Um, let me read to where Rinpoche read to, and then he gave, started to give commentary. Basis of the Bodhisattva deeds is what inspires you to train in order to set all living beings in uncontaminated meditative stabilization. After you have increased the stability of the spirit, aspire to the high meditative stabilizations and train in these. Even if you are unable to fully develop the meditative stabilizations, you must strive uh, to 
fully develop, I'm sorry, if you are unable to fully develop the meditative stabilizations, you must strive to train from time to time in one-pointed concentration to whatever extent you are able. For if you do not do so, you will continually, um, for if you do not do so, you will be continually stained with the fault of breaking the precepts in other lives as well you will find it most difficult to learn the trainings for entering the many doors of the bodhisattva's meditative stabilizations. Uh, whereas if you never give up your effort, even in this life, your mind will become steadily less distracted, making your accumulations of virtue very powerful. Um, so, going back to the top, the recollection and cultivation of the spirit of enlightenment, the basis of the bodhisattva deeds. So here it's showing that the mind that aspires to enlightenment is the basis of all of the bodhisattva's effort. So it's showing the importance of it. So uh, we have our, our refuge prayer here at the center, um, which has the bodhicitta prayer within it as well. It says, I take refuge until I'm enlightened in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Through the merit I create by practicing giving and the other perfections, may I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings. So that may I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings is the basis of all of the six perfections. So it's very important that we, re we really rely and focus on this idea of becoming a Buddha for the sake of others uh, in order for us to um, achieve that goal. Um, it says then um, in uh, Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, when they talk about the greatness, uh, I'm sorry, Atisha talks about the greatness of uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Um, and he, he quotes uh, the sutra requested by Viradatta and says, If it possessed physical form, the merit of the altruistic intention would completely fill the whole of space and exceed even that. If someone were to fill with jewels as many Buddha fields as there are grains of sand in the Ganges to offer to the protectors of the world, this would be surpassed by the gift of folding one's hands and inclining one's mind to enlightenment, for such is limitless. Uh, so, or vast. Um, so uh, we can see um, the power of this mind that aspires to enlightenment um, presented by Lord Atisha. But then we see uh, the significance here where it states that it's the basis of, of all of the bodhisattva deeds. Um, and without achieving bodhisattva deeds, one can't achieve Buddhahood. So one needs, uh, once again, it shows the significance and the importance of bodhicitta in order to achieve a goal, any of the goals along the pathway. So if we can practice So if we can practice well this life, uh, then we will easily be able to practice in future lives. But if we don't, then we'll have real difficulty in future lives being able to achieve these stabilizations. Digson. Goasabana Jumping, Joshua Mazaloro. 
Hajin Zuba Lai Shiro Osa. The Shinto Jeba, Shinaji Kosu Cheba and Juyu, the Matis was something to a Jeba would Shinaka to Yungodes and the Dijimat Song Mesmond. Kosu Cheba and Juyu, the Matus was Matus, Sar, Ale Matus, Kangalo, Sar, Sandin Sandin. Dishin to Jeba Shine. Okay. So, so pointing out um, the need for practicing in this life, um, uh, it says, even if you are unable to f- fully develop the meditative stabilizations, you must strive to train from time to time in one point of concentration to whatever extent you are able. For if you do not do so, you will be continually stained with the fault of breaking the precepts. Uh, and in other lives as well, you will find it most difficult to learn the trainings for entering the many doors of the Bodhisattva's meditative stabilization. So here it shows the downfalls uh, of not connecting and the benefits of connecting would be its opposite. Whereas if you never give up your effort, even in this life, your mind will become steadily less distracted, making your accumulations of virtue more powerful, very powerful. In future lives, as the questions of Sabahu Sutra says, you will have physical and mental bliss and a joyful mind, thereby easily completing the perfection of meditative stabilization. I will not elaborate further here, as I will be explaining this at length in the meditative serenity section. Okay. Dunduat Sash. Sheraji巴士新拉拉巴拉拉。他说了就怕人拉巴拉拉就，说了就我就，他叫了就被打。说了就拉住我，拉住我，这叫了就被打。说了就拉住我，拉住我，拉住我，这叫了就被打。说了
Sheja Tamche la Jupa Dung Sheja Tamche la Shupa Chirup Du Nampar Jepa Ganyan Ripi Nengao Nangi Ripa Dung Denziki Ripa Dung Sua Ripa Dung Dra Ripa Dung Zu Dung Legi Ne ताशांसाले ตันซีริบาสนะซมานาเดมาสมานาเดอะโอเคทัมโบทัมโบเนงันเดนาปิชูนันเดริบาจินันเดริบานะอาตัวเดทีจินะทีเมกะลานยาเลจิตาซูล
that the Bodhisattva's wisdom is the thorough analysis of phenomena that engages or has engaged all of what is to be known and that operates through focusing on the five topics of knowledge, Buddhist knowledge, grammar, logic, technical arts, and medicine. Uh, so here, the five topics of knowledge, uh, if we break them down, um, Rinpoche um, did it in this order. So uh, the first is referring to the Buddhist teachings. Um, so uh, Buddhist knowledge, uh, the knowledge of the um, Hinayana, the knowledge of the Mahayana, and so forth. Uh, the next, we have uh, Lo logic. I'll just do it in the order the book did. Grammar. That refers to um, the various grammars within Sanskrit and Pali uh, and so forth. Um, so that's what you would learn. Um, and Rinpoche said now they would learn Tibetan grammar as well. And, and um, So that would be something that would be in addition to um, then. Uh, and then logic refers to the study of um, valid cognition, um, the study of correct signs and reasoning pramana, etc. So uh, that's what the study of logic refers to. Um, and then the study of technical arts refers to um, building houses and uh, learning how to make tankas, learning how to construct statues and so forth. So that would be technical arts and medicine would be um, the doctors, what doctors would learn, uh, the various medicines and so forth. Uh, uh, so those are the five uh, wisdoms uh, that are mentioned here. Um, and it says that, uh, but in this context, wisdom refers to the proficiency in the five topics of knowledge and the like. Um, so the Bodhisattva, um, it is said, has to, um, by the time he or she is a Buddha, know all phenomena. And these are the five topics. Diksung Rinpoche. Okay. So now here the wisdom that engages refers to wisdom prior to attaining the bodhisattva levels. Uh, wisdom that has engaged refers to wisdom after attaining such levels. Uh, so here this is referring to the um, prior to attaining is before uh, the path of seeing. So the path of preparation or below, translators note, the first bodhisattva level or ground is at the path of seeing. Um, so uh, that being said, the first category is referring to those um, on the path of preparation or below. And then the second category of wisdom, has engaged, refers to wisdom after achieving the path of seeing or above. Um, so that, that he or she is on the grounds, the levels. Uh, they sometimes translate grounds as levels. So I don't, uh, let me see here, 450. 
Rimache, the the share up knee. Ruby share the Ruby share knee. Okay. Ruby share the John. Okay. 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 And what Great. Um, so we can see that um, next we'll get into the benefits and the downfalls, the benefits of having wisdom, downfalls of not having wisdom. And we can see um, that the wisdom is required and needed. If Just by looking around, you see there's many schools, uh, there's many learning places, places of learning, places to learn various religions around. Um, so we can see that there is some sort of benefit clearly from gaining wisdom because there are so many places to do so uh, that are around. So there must be a benefit of, of gaining wisdom because of the many schools and so forth that we see around. Because without schools, without institutions, without Buddhist temples and so forth, there's no way to acquire that wisdom, that knowledge. Um, so the fact that there are these, that means that there are people acquiring that knowledge for some reason. So there must be benefit. Digson. <laughs> Mm. So you even see, uh, I can see myself, that every day the students at Wesleyan, um, you know, very, um, I, almost uh, putting in a lot of effort and going every day to class, um, and they're in the pursuit of wisdom. Why are they going every day to class? They're going every day to class to acquire wisdom. What does this one is that? Shiroji bhimhyanta maji bhimhyami senpa yin laas Chitawa Chuji 
de Okay, so now um, we have part two or number two in the divisions, how to begin the generation of wisdom. The way to begin the generation of wisdom is to contemplate the benefits of generating wisdom and the faults of not generating it. So um, here, as explained before, there are many benefits. As we can see, there are many places to get wisdom. Um, so it says that since I will explain the benefits and faults of, ha of having or lacking the wisdom of reality, selflessness in the insight section, I will not elaborate on it here, but I will discuss the remaining types of wisdom a little. Um, so, um, so in the future sections, Lama Tsongkhapa will go over, um, in the wisdom section, in the insight section, will go over um, the benefits and downfalls, the benefits of having the wisdom of reality, the, or knowing the nature of reality, that wisdom, and the downfalls of not knowing that nature of reality. Um, so... Um, these are two, when we divide selflessness, we can divide it into two categories, uh, selflessness of person and selflessness of phenomena. Selflessness of person re refers to um, uh, the selflessness of the I um, um, and, and uh, so forth, uh, the, the being, uh, the selflessness of the being, the selflessness of the person. Um, uh, if we look at, just a translator's note, the definition of person is being imputed on any among the five aggregates. So the selflessness of that is selflessness of person. Uh, selflessness of phenomena refers to the selflessness of anything that isn't person, um, isn't that person, uh, a being imputed on any among the five aggregates. So anything other than that is selflessness of phenomena. Uh, so these are the two types of selflessness that are going to be explained later and the wisdom of these two types of selflessness, the benefit of having that wisdom and the downfall of not having that wisdom. Um, then Rimache is read to here. With respect to indicating wisdom's benefits, wisdom is the root of all good qualities for this and in future lives. Then eh? Not lo drulong? Nye lo masong. Lo masong. Shindugan, Okay. 
So that it's showing um, in the, I'm not going to be able to find it probably, I might. Uh, when we look at the um, Chandrakirti's um, entrance to the middle way, the commentary on the um, Nagarjuna's text, uh, we see that it, it talks about, um, compares uh, wisdom to being able um, to see. So it's something to the effect that uh, those uh, who who can't uh, it's the, those who can't see have difficulty getting to certain places something to this effect uh, but it, with the wisdom eye you can travel to anywhere um, to even Buddhahood hold on one second this might be it Since it's truth to be all objects to be seen. Looted vision has it set a double face. I thought that I had. Okay, here it is. Uh, here it is. Okay, Rasa. The Semche Drupa. Uh, a single man endowed with eyes can lead unseeing multitudes with ease to wherever they wish to go. And so it is with wisdom here. It takes the sightless virtues guiding them to victory. Uh, one who has grasped profound and ultimate reality through the force of reasoning and by the light of scripture was the noble Nagarjuna. And following his tradition, as this still exists, I will proceed to speak. Um, so... Here it's saying that a single man endowed with eyes can lead unseeing multitudes with ease wherever they wish to go. And so it is with wisdom here. So it's, it's saying that um, one person can lead, who can see, um, if, if uh, there are others who can't, um, he could lead them wherever they want to go. Like if there were a, a bunch of blind people, one person with eyesight could lead them where they want to go. Likewise, the power of this person with eyesight, it, um, it's compared to wisdom that can lead one to Buddhahood. Um, this wisdom is able to be this guide that takes one. It says, and so it is with wisdom here. It takes the sightless virtues guiding them to victory. Um, so it's, it's comparing um, us, those, those who are practitioners who are not Buddhas yet, to blind, those blind followers of the person who can see, um, enabling them to get to where they want to go. Um, we are like the blind followers of wisdom that wish to get to Buddhahood, and the wisdom enables us to get uh, enables us to get to where we want to go to Buddhahood. Uh, so that's the meaning of um, the and the quote in the entrance uh, to the the middle way. Dene. Okay. 
Okay. And then we find also in the Lamrim Dudun uh, where uh, Lama Tsongkhapa um, compares wisdom to an eye. Discriminating awareness is the, and this is the wisdom, is the eye with which to behold profound voidness and the path by which to uproot ignorance, the source of cyclic existence. Is the treasure of genius praised in all scriptural pronouncements and is renowned as the supreme lamp that eliminates the darkness of closed-mindedness. Knowing this, the wise who have wished liberation have advanced themselves along this path with every effort. I, the yogi, have practiced just that. If you would also seek liberation, please cultivate yourself in this same way. Uh, so here, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is comparing it to this eye uh, as well. that um, allows you to see this profound voidness, to, per- to perceive emptiness and get rid of ignorance, which allows you to get rid of, of cyclic existence, because it says that ignorance is the source of cyclic existence. Digsung Rinpoche. Less so. Okay, um, so now we have a quote in the text back on page 212 uh, from Nagarjuna. It says, As the protector, Nagarjuna's hundred verses on wisdom says, Wisdom is the root of all good qualities, seen and not seen. To achieve both of these, embrace wisdom. The great source of what you seek and for liberation is knowledge. So esteeming it from the start, adhere to wisdom, the great mother. So wisdom is being compared here to a mother. Um, and uh, pathways are at times compared to a mother. So the wisdom's achieved um, uh, um, 
um, for instance, in the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, the path of no more learning, um, it, it's compared to a mother because you're born into Buddhahood through these various practices. And, and each of these pathways allow you to be born into the next pathway, the next step towards the final birth in, of Buddhahood, which is Buddhahood uh, in the case. Um, so um, it, it's saying that um, all excellent qualities have at the root wisdom. Um, it, it says wisdom is the root of all good qualities, seen and not yet seen. So to achieve both of these, so the excellent qualities that are seen and those, so now and in the future. Um, so those are all, are, are find at its root, at their root, wisdom. Uh, so we're going to end here with that quote. And now we'll have a question period for a few questions. And uh, that's it. want to ask Rinpoche, um, if you could elaborate on the meaning of the mantra, Om Mani Padme Hum. Okay. Om Mani Padme Hum Dondo Gare. Oh. Om Mani Padme Hum Dondo Gare. Om Sundra Om. Go Dandash. Om Adnar Oman Om. Om Dalalu Nga Yisun. Om Lunga Yisum. Mani? Ma. Ne. Bemmyo. Takan de tozi shiro dendu wa tozi shiro. Mani. Bemmyo. Mani. Tapdang shiro? Genesi. Tujugish. Tozi shiro dendu wa resu. Okay. The ne. The Om Lunga Yisum. A naru oma un. A naru oma un. Lunga Yisum. Om a hum. Mani, Om, Mani, Mani, Jewel, Peme, Peme the Karini, Lotus, Pema, Pema, what the name is Hong, Peme, Hong, Hongare, Oh, Mani, Peme, Hong, Dak, Dema, Dusha, the condensed. The ne the top down share the mani the om long ayisun mani peme hong top down share. Then the top down share ni tengo yo no ta. Then oman peme hong se te se ne si tu ju ke top down share tengo yo. Lesser. Uh, so there's, there's Rameshi said, without a, a commentary, um, we, we can't give a complete explanation. But what he can say is that the Om um, is said uh, um, within it that, that contained the purification of Om Ahom, the body, speech, and mind. And then Mani uh, means jewel. Um, Peme is sometimes flower or lotus. So the jewel in the lotus, and and um, this is just referring to the union uh, of method and wisdom, and and hung being a summary of all of that union. So 
Rinpoche said there's more to it than that. It literally just means the jewel within the lotus. Um, um, it, but there's a, it can mean more than that, um, but we need a commentary to expand upon it. But it's uh, Chen Rezig, the Buddha of Compassion's name mantra, root mon- name mantra, um, and it it's literal translation. Um, mantras don't usually literally translate to something that is meaningful per se. They're more of uh, special sounds that are the name of Buddha, the name mantra of the Buddha, um, or the um, so they're connected in that way. But they can you can translate them literally, but they don't have like the kind of meaning you would think like um, they just don't. Sometimes the Om they say is like the head. Um, it's, it's of great benefit if you can do the Omani Pemihom mantra. And don't we have, is, it's in the old prayer book, right? The breakdown of the uh, Omani Pemihom mantra? I think it is. Like the oldest prayer book? I feel like we've, let me see if I can find something for you, Coleman. Do you remember that, Stasha? No. Okay. I'm making that up, maybe. So the Sanjay Kanga Drame Kanga so it, then Yente Su the Dumba? Kelsan Jatsu seven. Um so it is said by uh, um the the great master Kelsan Jatsu, the seventh Dalai Lama. Let's be very specific of which who the Jatsu we're speaking of is. Um and he's considered an emanation of Chen Rezig. And he's stated that doing one Chen Rezig mantra has the same benefit in terms of result as making an offering to the countless, making an offering to all of the countless Buddhas simultaneously. So the the same benefit of doing one Omani Pemi Home as making an offering to all Buddhas. Uh, so, but there is a commentary um, in the text where we can get more meaning out of this mantra we can find in the future. Um. <coughs> I, uh, Adrian was here two weeks ago, and um, Rinpoche, he had sickness in the body, and at the end, he said, practice Tonglen. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that before with somebody else, that, that Tonglen is a, can heal. It's more like a healing of the body. Is it a healing of the body or also a healing of the mind? ตอนนั้นอืมโอเคเอเคนอืมรีมิเชดเดทองเลนทรีวาง้ามาเดเอเดรียนเดเซกดุงคงดุงยอมบอยเรซุนซุปุคังกาดุงยอนเดนชรัน
then Kongi Chiwa, the Lama Kashi, Dan Lama Chiran, the Adrian Dugnel Yure, then Chiran Tonlengong, then Garishene, Garishene Tonlengong, the Natsa Yuna, Garishene Tonlengong, the Dene Kongi Chiwa, Tonlen, Sam Pentogudu, Natsu Lo Pentogudu, Tonlen. Tonlen Sanipo, then the Shama Tro Mumble Pengu is the Shama the Hindu Gumbaina, Pisunashu Marbe. Lesser Sendela Yabu Yungure. Then the Natsa Danjawa Gare. The Gangasen is Natsa Nuro, the Natsa Hezuna, Natsa Yuroa. Lesser. That Natsa Tagazi did valet, and then Tuna Gumbaina. Up had not the Gog of your cabin of a single tangible pudding, Chibu Jonson of Shabagun. Lesser. Then so it it's beneficial. Um, I, I asked him in multiple different ways because I've heard it, it, it described in um, almost like a medicine before as well. Um, but it, it is uh, when you do meditation on. Tonglen. Tonglen is translated as giving and taking. So the meditation you do is that you imagine that sentient beings are uh, in front of you in a state of suffering, and you imagine that you're giving them all of your root virtues in the form of a white light and taking on all of their suffering as you inhale in the form of a black light, and you're imagining that you've taken all of their individual sufferings away. Um, so by doing this meditation, you're accumulating a vast amount of merit. You're accumulating a vast amount of virtue. So because of that, you are going to receive a virtuous result in this life and in future lives. But as for having it cure um, anything specifically, or I asked Rinpoche, why, why is this then stated to do? Um, it's stated because it is a very powerful practice um, and it's karma that causes illness. So you need to get rid of the, the non-virtuous karma in order to get rid of the illness that it caused, So, according to Buddhism. So Buddhism's working on that karma. Now, it doesn't mean that it works in this life, specifically. So Buddhism is working on a much grander scale of, of you know, eons later as well as this life so it isn't um 
Rimache is just saying that it's not like a cure in the sense that you do it and then it takes away your sickness and you don't need medicine. It's just a very powerful practice that amounts that allows you to create very powerful karma. Um, and because you are taking on illnesses and suffering, it's very powerful and connects to your the removal of your own. Does that make sense? Yes. It's it's concordant with illness because you're taking on their suffering you're taking on their illness it becomes concordant and you're doing something virtuous because you're relieving theirs so when you're when you're in when you are um, exhaling and giving them all of the happiness and root virtues you're meditating on love and when you're inhaling and taking on all their suffering you're meditating on compassion so as a result of caring for others then it it's concordant that it would benefit you as well that makes sense. Yeah, it it was kind of my second question, but I can see it's it's a meditation. It's a meditation. It's a, it's a form of meditation for certain. So it really transforms your mind, but all of your experiences are a result of what is your mind kind of has ready for you. You know what I mean? The the pre imprints. Thank you. Uh, maybe one more. Yeah. Um, uh, so we find um, uh, in the Lamrim, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in the um, seven point thought transformation by Geshe Chikawa, um, it says, Leilan Tanche. Banish the one to blame for everything, meditate on the great kindness of all. I believe is what it says, um, and and here and that's in the seven point um, thought transformation, and that's referring to um, um, giving and taking practice. And then as I think it says, place two two astride on the breath. I'll find it, but go ahead with your question. Um, I'll find it. Here okay. It is. When you were describing, um, when you were beginning to describe the perfection of wisdom, and you described the five topics of knowledge, like. Uh, knowledge of Buddhism, grammar, yes, yes. Um, medicine. It it just seems to me that that, like I know that that was it described that when you're learning, when you're training in wisdom, you start there. But it seemed like something big was missing there. Like there's teaching and there's there's the words of of those five things, but they aren't necessarily virtuous in and of themselves. But then you went on to describe prajnaparamita and non-dual perspective, or the eye, the eye of wisdom. And then it was like, then it all kind of made sense. But when you, when you said there were the five topics of knowledge, I was expecting to hear something that felt more like wisdom than no, you know, knowledge of Buddhism, grammar. I mean, it seems like it's two, it's like the, the jewel and the lotus, like... Those five aspects maybe are one part, but not the whole part of wisdom. Buddhist knowledge contains every amount of wisdom you're speaking of, though. Everything, every amount of wisdom, omniscience, and any training or teaching that came is Buddhist knowledge. So that first topic covers everything that you're talking about. Practice, meditation, bodhicitta, all of that. Right. So... But um, maybe it's just the word knowledge. You know, someone can read the words, but not necessarily understand the meaning of what is said. 
And so once you started talking about Prajnaparamita, it made sense, but it was confusing just going through those five things and describing them as knowledge, that that is where we start to understand wisdom. So I guess I'm just... Wisdom is... um, uh, is, is the opposite of ignorance. So being ignorant of something is not having the knowledge of it. A bodhisattva has to have knowledge of all things that exist, all, all areas of things that there are knowledge of, so he or she isn't ignorant in any area of knowledge. So all this is saying is these are the five areas of knowledge that one as a bodhisattva would need to get. Now, wisdom doesn't just come from hearing, and wisdom has three levels. Wisdom from hearing, wisdom from analysis, and wisdom arisen from meditation, which is a direct perception of these things. So there are various levels of wisdom. So these are just topics of knowledge that are needed so you aren't ignorant of them which is the opposite of wisdom. And when it gets the next part where it starts to talk about selflessness, um, it's talking about a kind of wisdom specifically, the wisdom of reality, which is the kind of wisdom that um, we're talking about when we're talking about selflessness and so forth. And it says that we're not going to get into it now because the special insight section will, will deal with that. But that wisdom of reality would fall under Buddhist knowledge. You know what I mean? Like these are just five topics, five things of knowledge in the world. You can know about grammar, logic, the technical arts, medicine, and Buddhist knowledge. So it's saying this is pretty much everything you can know, and these are all the, uh, all the subjects that a bodhisattva would need to know. If someone's sick, he needs to help with medicine. They need a house, he needs to know how to build it. If they need, they love art, needs to know how to make a piece of art, they need a, you know what I mean, a statue, he or she needs to know how to build a statue. If, you know, they need to be taught Buddhism. So if you look at grammar, if they need to be taught any way to speak and write, you know, just covering all sentient beings' needs, basically. So all of these knowledges are all things that you would need to know in order to help every single sentient being that exists. So that's why you need to know all of these areas. That's why it says the Bodhisattva uh, operates focusing on the five topics of knowledge. So the Bodhisattva needs to know all of these things in order to truly be helpful because you never know if a Bodhisattva needs to help someone build a house or needs to teach someone how to read or needs to teach someone, you know, any among those different things of medicines and so forth. So that's the point that's being made there. It's just saying wisdom is the, uh, wisdom is what thoroughly discerns the ontological status of the object under analysis. But this context, wisdom refers to the proficiency in the five topics of knowledge. So it's, it's just saying that wisdom's talking about knowing all of this, and these are the, the divisions of knowledge that you can learn. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. There's nothing about application. There's nothing about how well you know it. It's just saying these are the things you know, and then when you get into how you learn things, then you know that there are three kinds of wisdom. Wisdom you first get from hearing, and then you start to analyze, analyze the thing, and then you directly understand it. So... Right. Maybe it's the directly understanding part. Wisdom was also described as a mother. And it's like when you look at it from that perspective, that metaphor, it just seems so, so different than the way it was described earlier in, in the text. That's It was just surprising. So can you speak Arabic? You probably... No. 
Okay, so you're ignorant of Arabic right now. So if if you learn, if you were to be taught Arabic, you would be birthed into knowing Arabic. So that's what wisdom births you out of ignorance. You're in this ignorant place, and wisdom born, births you into the knowledge of it. That's what it means by basically that. Like you, you go from a state of unknown to knowing. <coughs> knowing is the birth. So unknown to knowing. So, and that could apply to any topic that you're talking about. When you go from knowing, unknowing to knowing, you're birthed into knowledge. So that's what the birth is meaning. That makes sense. It's just that also if I see an Arabic person in the street that uh, is robbed, I can know and understand what that person is going through in that moment, and I can, I can still communicate with them and help them. But if you knew Arabic, you could help them better. Maybe. 100%. I will, there's no way you can tell me if you didn't know their language, you could help them better somehow. No way. If you couldn't communicate with them, I could help them better. But I could Come help on. them in a way that would make a difference. You could, but it would be better if you knew how to talk to them. So that's why you would need this to be a good bodhisattva. Okay, thanks. All right. Concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The ripanga. The garishene de ripanga. The not the... The, the yeah, the ripingenga, then then the the dondagare, the garishene, the ngatsu, the gugudu, then nge the seidu chikshena, the me kamba yomari, shanchu semba kamba jagu, chikshena kon injike hakogomari, shanchu semba injike trigu, the the mambo, gar the garishene the gu, then ne moa irube, garishene the ripanga ke chempu. Ripingenga tala keba mari na yeah, pachu ke jang. So without knowing these five objects of knowledge, you cannot become a Buddha, Rinpoche said. So it's necessary to have these in order to become a Buddha, to fulfill others' needs completely, as well as your own. So it, it's the the five knowledges become of the utmost importance in fulfilling others' needs, helping others with their needs, um, become part of the bodhisattva's process of helping others with their needs. Tuchena, chipa. Okay, concluding mandal offering and dedication prayer. My luck, you were going to be like, yeah, I speak Arabic. You would have just ruined my whole story. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. 
I pray for the long life of the precious Kenser Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. I think it's 